It is Today FM, and I'm absolutely delighted to have our next guest on, as I've been a long-term fan. He has announced a brand new album for release on May 28th, and that is, of course, called Reprise. It is none other than Moby. Moby, how are you? Generally speaking, I feel like I don't have much to complain about. I mean, apart from the obvious things like baldness and mortality and trying to find meaning and significance in an unknowable universe. But apart from that, I'm home in Los Angeles and the sun is shining, and I feel bad complaining about anything. I think Reprise has almost given you a new lease of life. Now, you've always had a very healthy look on music and creativity. Talk to me about the Reprise project, because I know this kind of was a baby that you had a few years ago with Gustavo Dudamel and the LA Philharmonic Orchestra. This brainchild came to, to bring some of your older works together, and it is essentially a reprise. It's a brilliant piece of work. It started in about 1995. I did a piece of music for the Michael man movie heat and it was my first experience working with an orchestra because keep in mind like i grew up playing in punk rock bands and djing in dive bars i never thought that i would actually work with an orchestra so for the movie heat i was suddenly working with an orchestra and then years later i got to work with an orchestra again for the jason Bourne movies that i worked on there is something so remarkable especially if you ever get the chance it, it, to stand in the middle of an orchestra and be surrounded by 120 people playing orchestral instruments. So I sort of fell in love with the power of an orchestra. And then about four or five years ago, I did a, my first ever real orchestral show here in L.A. with the L.A. Philharmonic. And Hannah, a friend of mine at Deutsche Grammophon, heard it and asked me if I wanted to make a sort of like orchestral greatest hits album, it seemed like it had, that that was so far outside the realm of possibility. Again, as I mentioned, I'm like a weird kid who grew up playing in punk rock bands, not necessarily making orchestral records with the oldest, most respected record label on the planet. This is music that you wrote late at night on cheap synths, and now you see that been transformed into this beautiful machine. I mean, it's one of the most impressive things that anyone could ever experience. Every aspect of my weird career as a musician has been surreal and surprising. You know, when you have those moments where you write a song at three o'clock in the morning, you're by yourself in a small little studio, everyone else is asleep. A couple of years later, you're standing on stage in front of 100,000 people and they're all singing along. That in and of itself is profoundly disconcerting. But yes, you're absolutely right. Taking a song that was written at three o'clock in the morning with a bunch of cheap electronic equipment and then playing it with an orchestra. I mean, I feel very selfish saying this, you know, but it's really remarkable. So the big thing that everyone knows you over here for in Ireland is play, which came out in a turbulent time in your life. Let's go back to your start, because originally when you started with music, it's funny. You picked up a guitar that one of your mum's exes had left in the house. You were in Flipper and Vatican Commandos. You were a hip hop DJ, yet I always associate you with dance music. So you've pretty much gone over every genre. And that's the beauty, because this all is evident when you listen to any of your music. It's like, you know soundscape and you've immersed yourself more in it than anyone I know. At an early age, I realized that I was incredibly enthusiastic about a ton of different genres. You know, like in 1982, I loved Joy Division and I loved Black Flag and I loved The Bad Brains, but I also loved Debussy and Neil Young 
and I also loved Grandmaster Flash. Like to me, all these ostensibly disparate genres just sort of happily coexisted. I decided at an early age, like my my loyalty was to that baffling, wonderful power of music to communicate emotion as opposed to any one specific genre. Now on the day of release Moby Doc is coming out as well and there's a brilliant line in there which more or less goes along the lines of if we do the right thing everything makes sense and we'll all be happy in the end and that's never been the case for anyone you tried to work it out and it, it didn't work <laughs> I, I want to come to this line because the reason why I say it is you say you're a fan of Joy Division there's a song there Love Will Tear Us Apart but I know from uh, then it, it fell apart um, I, I know fr- from that and from reading some of it is that love was never the thing that was going to make you happy I think you're more about the simple life and the creativity, which is is a place that you find yourself in. And even in the dock, there's wonderful thing. I don't want to give away too much, but there's wonderful scenes where you're hanging out with death and you're kind of saying, no, I'm not afraid of you. And, and, and you know, things are good. Like, you know, I, I admire that view on life that you have. And I, I think that it's good that somebody admits that love isn't the thing that makes you whole. And I don't know if this is true for you or for anyone who might be listening or watching is I spent a lot of my life figuring out how to basically do other people's ideas of what would make me happy. You know, and I thought, oh, well, if everyone agrees that fame creates happiness, then I guess when I'm famous, I'll be happy. Or if everyone agrees that, you know, dating in a certain way or drugs or alcohol makes you happy, then I'll do that. And I I can't give myself any credit because it took me like I only figure things out after I make a thousand mistakes. Like I have to basically hit myself in the head with a hammer a thousand times until I realize that hitting myself in the head with a hammer might not be the smartest idea. You've got this life, sex, drugs, booze, they're just not filling the void. Um, There's a wonderful scene in here and earlier on the documentary where, you know, you have these pawns out and you're acting out your your childhood in Harmland. You make this wonderful reference uh, to animals and it's like, you know, cat, dog and the rescued lab rats and it's like the only thing stable in your life was that at that time because things were quite turbulent at home before you went to Connecticut or that Mm -hmm. or your dad passed. And it's it's like literally when when I see that and the way it's added out, it's, it's this surreal image but it's so true. And what the sad thing about this is that a lot of people worldwide will relate to this situation. I know there's people in Ireland who are directly will relate to your story because they've come up from similar backgrounds and had to try to make a crust and had to try to kind of make, find themselves and make something of themselves. Yeah, when I was very, very young, because I grew up, I mean, a lot of people grow up with trouble and strife. And I, I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of addiction, there was abuse, um, there were suicides. It was quite... It was quite dark. And from an early age, I realized two of the things that gave me a sense of comfort and security were music and animals. And now I'm 55 years old, and that's still kind of the case. Like, I like people, but I feel way more comfortable and secure with animals or in the world of music. You know, there's obviously sort of a sadness to that. People seem scary even when they're not. If we find comfort, if we find stability with things that are not destroying us, in and of itself, I think there's that's okay. You had played Slane Castle. Now, you first of all supported you two, and then you supported Brian Adams. There was this wonderful story about you. You've been a fan of Father Ted and bringing Ardlo Hannon on stage. As far as like baffling career highlights. Playing at uh, Slane, August of 2001. Yeah, that's a bit right. And I was an obsessive Father Ted fan. Wow. You know, having watched 
all of the episodes on DVD over and over and over again. And I just had this odd idea. I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if Dougal, Ardle, would stand on stage with me and we could play my lovely horse in front of 125,000 people? Ardle said yes, but he also had to watch a football game. So I did one of the most indulgent rock star things I've ever done is I sent a helicopter to pick him up to fly him to Slane so we could play My Lovely Horse together. Oh. Um, keep in mind, I've never used a helicopter on my own, but I was like so desperate to do this version of My Lovely Horse. By the way, it was the acoustic version, not the fancy uh, Eurovision version. Wow, what an astounding story. There's another story you tell about acoustic sets as well, and it's um, it involves you and David Bowie playing an acoustic set. And David Bowie and David Lynch actually feature in Moby Doc. Do check it out. It's out the day of the release. But this story is brilliant. You're having a coffee with David Bowie in your house, and he tells you a little secret about the song Heroes. So David Bowie is my favorite musician of all time. Mm. And somehow in 1999, we became friends and he moved to an apartment across the street from me. So we were neighbors. We had holidays together. We went on tour together and we were getting ready to play a fundraiser for a charity in New York. And he came over to my house and we sat on my sofa and we played an acoustic version of the song Heroes, which is what inspired the version of Heroes that's on the album Reprise. And he also told me this secret. And I'm hesitant to say it because maybe it was told to me in confidence, but I'll, I'll tell you because because we're best friends now. I love you uh, already, my friend. <laughs> so, so the secret he told me was that originally the song Heroes was a cover of Waiting for the Man by the Velvet Underground. And if you listen, you can hear it. It's so Because he was an obsessive Lou Reed Velvet Underground fan. You're like, oh, you fully understand. Like he started out just playing Waiting for the Man by the Velvets on acoustic guitar and then just transformed it into Heroes. Moby, thank you for being so giving of your time today. Uh, just so people know, Reprise is out. It is coming out. It's going to be out on May 28th. Do check it out. Not only that, Moby Doc, get your hands on it. Musician, DJ, director, wizard, Moby, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me today. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for letting me reminisce about singing My Lovely Horse with Dougal. Virgil Darcy. Weekdays from 2 on Today FM.